Hey guys, how are you? Amir Ryder here with the Cloud9 podcast with my guest, Craig Antonucci. Pronounced it correctly, I think. You did. Uh, I got it right this time. Chief Customer Officer um, with, with uh, BPA Quality Control, right? And I think uh, what's very interesting to have you on the show is that your position is the Chief Customer Officer of a company that's primary services quality assurance for other call centers, whether they're outsourced or internal. So I think uh, you have a lot to say about this topic and how, how you know, I would say customer success and quality assurance has been changing, especially with what's going on. Um, talk to me about working from home. I think we, we chatted a little before. I think this, is, this has been, uh, you've been working from home quite some time, right? This is not a new change for you. No, no. You know, it was funny before we started the recording this, we were just talking about that. I've been working from home for 16 years now, so it's old hat. I've developed the habits of working from home. I know what it means to work from home. And uh, now that everybody else is working from home, they're, they're kind of cramping the space right now. Everybody's, everybody's uh, they can't figure it out just quite yet. So hopefully they can take some advice from people that have been doing it for, for a long time. Um, you know, also, as we spoke, one of the biggest differences between working in office and working from home is you miss that personal interaction. Um, I found ways around that. So same with the people that, that I work with that also work from home. But the things that I miss the most are, you know, being able to take that lunch break or that quick break to go get a, a soda or a cup of coffee uh, during break time and have a casual conversation. And then there's the drive to and from work. I know everybody hates driving and traffic, especially if people work in the cities. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, that 20 to 40 minutes of decompression time after work was always useful. You don't get that at home. You're always at work. You're literally always available, a call or an email away. Yep, yep. Your, your first job uh, starts and then your second job begins being a family man i think you mentioned yeah. you have you have four kids now i do i do three of them are home with college yeah and one That's of them is actually sneaking in stealing my car keys right now <laughs> it happens it does it happens so so it, it's interesting because you know our business cloud test we we manage sales customer support success teams and, and 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 technically we could very well be a customer of yours right because i think companies that um, are in the business of outsourcing also outsource some of their services. Sure. So I'd love to, you know, I, I'd love to learn more about, you know, the problems that you guys are solving. Um, and, and, you know, as you've seen them evolve, I know you've been, the company's been around for quite some time, right? I think it's over 20 years, you mentioned? Over 30, over 30 Over 30 years. years. Yeah. yeah. So you've probably seen a transformation, I think, with uh, generations uh, and how customer support has changed. And I, I'd love to see more about, like, you know, what problem you guys are fixing in the beginning? How has that changed? Um, and where do you see the future? Well, we, we started doing this 30 years ago. So I've been doing it for 16, but the company started 30 years ago. And that was back in the day. They didn't even have technology available. It was, you know, side-by-side coaching or literally tape recorders. If you, if you, you know, some of the, your viewers may not even have ever seen a, a cassette tape or anything like that, yeah. but that's how it used to be done. And now the technology has allowed us to, to do it remotely, do it well, do it efficiently. And the biggest change that has happened in the quality of contacts today versus what used to be is that it's really shifted from agent-centric feedback to customer experiential type feedback. And what I mean is that QA used to be all about what did the agent do or not do. You'll hear a lot of uh, people say, you know, I have to say their name three times or mm-hmm. there's checkboxes I have to hit. And now it's more about, well, why did the customer call? How did the, the agent interact with them? Did they solve their problem? And why did they solve their problem? And most importantly, probably because of a, a rise in uh, the millennial and the later generation X uh, generations that like to understand why things happen, 
customers wanted to feel like they were part of the solution so they could understand, well, why did this problem happen in the first place? What can I do to solve it myself next time? Are there self-serve options? You see a lot of customers really wanting self-serve options in terms of being able to buy your services or, or sell your services or, or get their own self-service type things. So a lot of what we've done is, is change with the times in terms of identifying opportunities. And the biggest thing uh, that ourselves and the industry as a whole too ha have done over time is looking to correlate the activities of what the agent does and does not do with the things that matter. So you're in the sales world. There's certain, there's people in your organization you could probably point to right now and say, yeah, that, that person has it. They're, they're the one that seems to sell the most and the most effectively and their customers give them great feedback. But quantifying that is difficult. What makes that person so effective? So what we do and uh, what the industry is trending towards is creating models of feedback. You know, what do I say to this agent when I'm coaching them and training them based on the things that really, really matter. So as opposed to, you know, the science behind specific words are being said. It's, it's not only the words, but where they're placed and what they're doing. So an action, a, a policy, a behavior correlates directly with the outcome you're looking for, which in some cases is higher sales or better customer retention, improved customer satisfaction, things like that. So measuring the right things that impact what you want to accomplish in the end is more important than really kind of deciding what the agent should and shouldn't do. So there's been a shift. There's a shift where the, the actual customer is controlling more of the outcomes. Yeah, it's not. Absolutely. It's, yeah, absolutely. And the, and the agent, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. And the agent has to really respond to that and develop that bond with the customer as opposed to treating them as a transaction. Interesting. And, and, and have you seen this happen like a slow process or was it just all of a sudden like, boom, 2010 hits, everything changed or was it kind of gradual? Well, I think I think what ended up happening, I don't think I know what ended up happening was some of your your visionaries out there like the Jeff Bezos and the Zappos folks who really said, you know what, it doesn't really matter what we're selling is that if we deliver a great customer experience, we'll be able to sell anything. And mm -hmm. that's really been their philosophy. And the industry has followed suit. People are recognizing that people tend to buy and do business with organizations that they like. And usually you can get someone to like you if you give them a great experience when you buy from them, whether it's, you know, from the first time you bought from them, you're servicing existing product, or even when you're leaving that product or service, you know, you've seen a lot of like, for instance, cable company has a notoriously bad reputation for customer service. All, you know, everybody hates dealing with cable company, but they've done a really great job working together. When someone moves, they have mover services that, okay, you're canceling my service, but you're moving to a region where another company serves you. Let's make this a seamless transition so you can get your cable set up in the new location where you are. And they share that mentality. They're basically saying, no longer are we these separate entities trying to drive profit driven. We're an industry. We want to deliver a great experience to our customers. It makes a lot of sense. So you guys have, you guys have the, the privilege of learning from the best of the best, right? So you're sitting in the middle of some of the biggest innovative companies that are, are paving the way and some of the fastest growing organizations that you're servicing. Sure. And you get to really focus, I would say, on like what what the best the best is and how to implement that have you seen certain industries that just grasp it faster and i think that if if a company does hire your organization it's it, it's clear that that's top of mind right and they're making yeah. that investment to have the best people come in but has there been one industry has it been like e-commerce or finance or, or travel has there been an industry that's kind of adopted faster and some are laggards or usually it's the ones that have more competitors in the mix that become faster adopters because the ones that don't die quickly um, gosh, that makes a, sense. 
book I read, I forget who wrote it, it's called Zone Management that talks about disruption in the different industries. Um, and you might want to look it up later and reference yeah. it and whatever it is. But um, they talk about how if you're an existing company and you have someone who's coming in disrupting, what do you do to fight off that disruption? And if you want to break an industry, what do you do to disrupt? And the, and the people that grasp that concept, the organizations that grasp con that concept have really made the shift better. You know, things like uh, you know, utilities have had a more difficult time of changing because uh, they haven't had that force pushing them. They're like, well, they're like monopolies in some cities. Yeah, well, even, even when there are options, because you see in a lot of places that you have different places that you can buy your energy from. And energy, energy industry is really, it's a, it's a spider's web. There's people who are actually producers and providers and brokers and distributors. And it's hard to tell who's who. But at the end of it all, unless they're getting pushed to do something, they're a little more resistant. And then plus you have a lot of, a lot of utilities that have uh, heavy union presences. So to be able to get your agents and your workforce to do something completely different. Harder. Yeah, it's harder. It's harder. There's more barriers for entry for those kinds of things. So you see some of these, uh, you know, progressive energy companies who are brokers and salespeople who are going out there and, and really dealing with the service end of it, not worrying about who's providing it being a little more nimble, a little more quick to, to get that's the what their focus. That's their differentiator. Yeah, that's their focus. Exactly. Yeah. They're like, you know what? They're going to make the power however they want, but we're going to find a better way to sell it to people. And get Interesting. It and then unions are like, I don't need to change because I'm protected. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Essentially. Until, until there's no more customers and then they're not protected anymore. Yeah. I'm like, there's so many different questions I could ask you. I, I'm curious about a few topics, but I, I want to start an order of just technology as a whole. I, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that you've probably seen it all. Um, and you've probably seen some of the bigger leaders in technology that are probably less flexible and some of the more flexible technologies come in that are less adopted. Um, you know, who are the players have been that have allowed you guys to do your jobs effectively? And do you find yourselves bringing technology to clients or do they typically have the right systems in place for you guys to do quality assurance off the bat? So that's a, that's a really broad question. So, I think I'd be foolish to say that I've seen it all because I see something new every day. Uh, probably the biggest disruptor and driver in our specific industry in terms of us as a company has been the use of analytics software. So software that can automatically listen to audio and automatically go through text and interactions and parse information out of that. It essentially does what we've done over the years with humans listening or yeah. reviewing calls and it does it in, in mass scales. Um, it's fantastic software. It works really well. It does still require the human touch and the human interaction. And, and we as an industry are shifting our human-based applications to more a higher skilled network of individuals that uh, know how to use the, the software to get better results. But at the end of the day, any technology that you have is simply uh, a quicker, faster, better, cheaper way of doing something that you did before. And if you, you know, you take any process that's a lousy process and you automate it, it's still a pretty lousy process. Yeah. So the, the, the companies that use the software better also use it as an opportunity to change how they do things. Um, and how they use it for change management. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they're not, they're not essentially, they're just not buying software to replicate a, a process that already exists. They're really saying, what's a new way that we can, we can use this. So, you know, some of what you see some of the better call centers and contact centers do is implement software that uh, provides information real time 
to agents so they can better service the client. Yeah, uh, I, I think what you're seeing is where a human might have to listen to like 20 different calls. Now they can listen to 20 different calls that have already been analyzed by machine learning for yeah. wider nets. So it's not replacing humans, just allowing them to focus their skills on higher level things. Basically. Yeah, excellent. Which makes sense. Exactly. Like we just talked about, I have four kids, right? And if I sat there and every time one of my children did something wrong or right, and I gave them feedback on every single thing that they did, they wouldn't hear a single thing. But if I could take all of their experiences through a day, a week, a month, and then boil it down to the, here's the top three things you need to do to get better at life. I'd probably have a more fruitful conversation with my children and they'd grow more as a person. Same thing mm -hmm. here is that at the end of the day, we're still talking about people, people who are providing services and products to, to customers who are, you know, taking their hard earned money and whether it's business to business or whether it's, you know, business to customer, whatever it might be. And you want to make it meaningful and important. Um, that's, that's really the, the, eight, the, the co companies that do the best job of adopting technology do so in order to get more effect, effective communication with their customers. That makes sense. Now, do you, do you find that companies and organizations know that quality assurance is something that they need or is it something that you're educating them on? Like where, where do they typically contact you? Is it where, is it, are they already in the know where they're like, hey, quality, we're, we're, we're losing market share. Our, our customers are important. We need some quality assurance or is it something you have to educate them on or so, is it a mixed bag? It, it is a mixed bag. Uh, you know, if anybody's outsourcing anything, they're basically saying that I need help, whether it's uh, cost savings, whether I just, I don't have time to get it done, or I really need an outside consultant to come in and say, you know what, they're experts at this. They probably could do it better than me. I'm going to get their advice and their help to do so. And we have customers that, that do all of those things. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that don't believe in outsourcing anything mm -hmm. because they feel like they could do it better. Like you don't understand my customers or my business. And you know, well, that's always what they say. Yeah. It's just a fundamental belief that you're not going to get past that objection without, you know, a reference or something like that. But there's people out there that, that really believe that there's value in listening to what others have to say to having that third party unbiased view of things. I would imagine the same holds true in, in your business. hundred percent. You're hyper-focused on what you do. You probably do it better than any internal team can do it from scratch. So why waste the time uh, trying to create something that you know nothing about when you have someone who's been doing it for 30 years or how many years you've been doing it. And you, we, you have we bring in quite a few, you know, we're, we, we like to think we're, we're on a top game when it comes to sales, but we bring in some of the top consultants to, to further consult us. Um, because we kind of, we, we believe in the same philosophy, right? So some of the, some of our competitors um, and colleagues in the industry, we bring them on to help us, right? Sure. And, and, and so it's, it's always, if you want to get better, you have to kind of have the open-minded, if that makes sense. And Absolutely. the world's changed, right? And like you said, you've been working remote for quite some time, right? So I think the, I think the whole, um, you're W2, so now you're going to retire with me. Like, you know, this is Boeing. Yeah, um, those days, I'm like, they don't have to be over. It's not that they're over, but. We're also, it's one of those things where like, if you're up and running and you're productive, you're up and running and productive and you can take care of a client and represent, you can represent the business you're working for the same way without um, coming to your company every day, right? Like you used to, right? So I think the workforce is changing. Um, and for people like you and I, I know our organizations were built for remote um, pre, uh, you know, epidemic, what's happening right now with COVID. Some are struggling, right? Like I, I have had issues with my bank, uh, which is one of the biggest banks, right? And they are, I talk to them 
they lost a wire transfer of hours for a month and I've had to spend maybe 50 hours on customer service to update a swift number. And I was talking to the supervisor. I was like, how could this be? And she's like, we just weren't ready for remote. We didn't have the right equipment. We didn't have the right tools. We didn't have the right culture. Right. And, and, and some struggles. Um, and I think organizations like, like us, like I've been in the office, I've been remote, you've been remote for a while, but you can come to, the, when you work remote, you can come to the office, yeah. it's fine, right? It goes both, it's like one direction, it's hard to go. It's hard to go from office to remote, but if you're remote, you can go to the office and back and forth. I guess right now, this is probably a shift where we'll see a lot of tools that you and I have seen and engage with every day become more standard, um, right? And more common, right? I think, I think even like a Zoom or video share for us, common right i think for right. some of other generations not so common but it'll become more common right yeah i mean um, think, think about what everybody's doing right now with all their friends you know instead of the the phone calls and the social media posts to each other on instagram or facebook or whatever you use people are meeting every night for happy hour on zoom yeah that didn't happen when people were working in the office and they could have easily done that but something has forced people here that to find something in how to interact with one another that was that's a little different that didn't happen. Thing. I think it's a good thing in a bad way, in the sense that, like, I, I wish it wasn't what was happening to cause it. I think it's good that we at least had the technology ready to not go stir crazy yeah. <laughs> and have, yeah. and have uh, happy hours. But it's gonna some things will fundamentally change, right? Um, like like nightlife and clubs and and you know those. I, I'm gonna find it very hard for those industries to replicate that experience virtually. Um, yeah, you know, but a lot of industries can adapt um, and will adapt, but it's going to be going to be really interesting, I think, next several months. But I think one thing remains constant is that customers are uh, taking over, and I think they're going to continue to even more as people, you know, as consumers and and brands are are going to look for continued revenue. That they have to find a way to to engage the customer um, even more remote um, and 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 with quicker answers. So it's going to probably accelerate, I think some of our industries and some of the tools in our industry, yeah, um, which will be interesting. I think what, it will be a day where um, you have a customer support person on the bottom of your right-hand screen hit it and a little hologram pops out and you're, you're almost talking to a real person in your home. Um, who, who tried that? It was about a year or two ago. They tried, was it Amazon that did, tried the live agent? On oh, their, they did. Yeah, for Kindle. Yeah, for Kindle. And it yeah, didn't yeah. go so well, right? it was probably part of a bigger experiment that we didn't know about. Right. So it probably, yeah. it probably went well for the data they wanted. I'm like, it did go, it was, I used it. I had a Kindle and I used that service once and I liked it. It was great. Um, do you know why it didn't go well? Was it a financial thing or no, used I, it? I don't. I mean, I, I remember it being there. I remember not really using it at that time. I, yeah. I, my guess was that they were ahead of the curve in terms 100%. of, of, of it being, widely adopted and, you know, a silver lining for them. And, and I think their stock price is kind of indicating that is that uh, they may have known something that this is going to be, now everybody's going to be normalized to video meetings with other people. There's no reason why you couldn't video share with a contact center agent who could help you and look you in the eyes. A hundred percent. They were definitely ahead of the curve. Um, and I think the future is going to be like an automated hologram where it's like, do you want to talk to a real person now? Yeah. Right. And, and that's, Kind of the role. Um, you know, there's an interesting, interesting thing there that you may want to talk about in this and maybe others too, is that back to your question about who adopts better. And there, it really falls into two categories. You've got your big organizations like Google and Amazon and, and all those people who seem to always be on the cutting edge of things. But, you know, if you read anything about them, that's because they got, you know, a billion 
billions of dollars in development and they can put out a hundred different projects and throw against the wall and see what sticks. And they're willing to do that because they know that any success that they have could be a billion dollar opportunity. So pay, they all pay themselves back. But then you got your smaller companies that, that don't have that massive amount of cash to take 74 different chances at a single time, but they've got to find their angle. So the, you know, these unique smaller companies, and I'm talking, you know, 50 to 200 ish employee type companies, they take more chances. They, they find unique ways to survive something like this. And, and I think what we're going to see after, after COVID's over is that you're going to see a handful of these companies who really figured out something during this time that nobody else thought of really come, come to flourish. Oh yeah. And, uh, I'm curious to see what they are. Yeah. I'm like, we, we fall in that ballpark that you mentioned of, uh, you know, 150, 200 person employee company. And we, we took a stab at becoming a technology company yeah. um, and made an acquisition um, a couple of weeks ago, to be honest with you. So okay. sounds very, sounds very close to uh, home, what you're mentioning. Um, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. 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 So you, you, it, it's, it's uh, spot so I on. Could, I could be talking to a future world leader right now. No, uh, potentially. <laughs> We're definitely working hard to get there. 100%. But uh, just, just seeing the future, right? I think it, it, everyone wants things quicker now, higher quality, right? And it's a combination of um, investing into quality and coaching and QA and technology and hiring the people. And it's always going to be the same ingredients, just different levers to pull on. Yeah. Um, and as technology advances, right, it's the bar just goes higher and higher. Um, where all of a sudden, you know, our customers, just their, their expectations are so much different, right? Yeah. I think it's completely changed where if you have a bad experience, you can write a review, right, in real time. Yeah. Um, and, and consumers are doing that like crazy. Now B2B is doing that as well, right? Yeah. Um, and then soon, soon it'll be quality assurance companies fixing reviews, which there are, right? It's like a whole a whole game of whack-a-mole, uh, but it's still, it's still improving the process. Um, but well, does that really apply in B2B? I mean, I, I will tell you reviews? that, well, I don't have anybody that comes to me saying, Hey, I saw you got five stars on, on whatever, but I do see a lot of people coming to us saying, you know what? I used to work with so-and-so at this company and they said that you guys know what you're doing. So let me, I, I let like me pull you guys up on uh, on the service review site. Let's see. So the answer is yes, it's coming. It's just, it's behind. So we work with G2 Crowd, mm-hmm. um, which just got services and we get a lot of inquiries from G2 Crowd. We have like one of the top reviews and there's a website called Clutch, which does more services. Um, I'm gonna, I'll look you up there after and send you stuff, but it's starting to happen. I, I don't think it happens as much as B2C, but I yeah. think that momentum is totally there. I've had people reach out to me and say, I found you on Clutch. Um, yeah. I found you on G2 Crowd, but it's, um, you know, if you look at the difference in our organizations, we're four years old, right? right. Um, so we're making our name um, with every lever possible, right? Sure. Uh, you guys have been around for 30 years of a great reputation. So at the same time, you have a lot of momentum. Who knows you, who refers you, right? Um, yeah. But, we, but still can, fight, we still fight off a lot of disruption though, too. Oh, yeah. No, that, that, that's probably what's a good opportunity to, to get onto some of these websites and, yeah. and, get, and get, some, uh, get some reviews. Because I think during recessions, I think from my understanding, BPOs grow, right? Some of our industries can, can boom and a lot of people are looking for more remote workforces then there's come the next poll where people need quality and that's where you guys come in. Yeah, right? we're, hoping, we're hoping that's the case. Yeah. One of the problems that we've run into is uh, we have a couple clients coming on pretty soon here, but with everybody going remote, we're dependent upon being able to connect to their networks. Oh yeah. And their IT groups don't have any time right now because they're too busy managing the remote workforce. So we're 
you know, in a lot of cases, we're like, hey, yeah, we'd like to move forward with the conversation with you, but we don't have any IT resources available to get you set up. So you're going to have to wait. And we're dependent upon that. So, we, you know, that's, a, that's one of the flaws of our business model that we maybe will come out of this with a better answer for it because it's certainly something that's holding us. Better, up. better answers, better systems, right? I think people, more cloud systems will enable you guys to enable companies to hire more IT people faster and get them plugged in. Yeah. Um, you well, know, me just be better and more agile. More VoIP, that. right? I think VoIP helps your industry really well, like the Ring Centrals of the world and the Nextivas and the, the VoIP companies that are penetrating call centers slowly, right? I think a lot of people forget the fact that call centers are still on uh, on-premise systems, right? I think the more um, they can get onto cloud systems, the more recordings you have, the more yeah. data you can access, the more it takes an admin versus an actual person with switches. I don't know that world, right? Yeah, but ours... You know, I don't know if this applies to everybody out there that's in our situation, but ours really depends on security too, because yeah. we're listening to people call up and buy stuff. So we hear personal information from time. So we've gone through a gazillion different uh, security audits and things like that, you know, PCI and SSA and things like that. So that stuff's not simple today because mm -hmm. there's hoops there that are designed to make it difficult to get it done because yeah. you want to make it difficult for anybody to do something wrong. Um, so, but we're hoping that maybe we'll come up with better ways at the other side of it as well, because it's certainly a barrier for us right now. Yeah, I think if you, you know, I'm going to even Google uh, Ring Central PCI. Um, I think some of these technologies will, as they fight for call center business, they're fighting a battle, right? And they fight that battle to get, um, you know, I, I'll pull some sites up, I'll share with you. They could probably bake in some of that PCI compliance into their technologies. They're okay. pushing that and then it'll allow you in there. I know they have HIPAA. Um, I've worked with them before on clients that required HIPAA. Um, not PCI, but you make a good point. But I think everybody, that's like a problem that will hold them back and hold you back. And if they fix that and they penetrate those organizations that allow you guys to come in and, and do your quality assurance work at a high level without, with plugging into the same training, right? Because I think PCI stays the same. The rules stay the same. It just has to have systems in place. Yeah. Uh, but you know more about that than me. Um, I, you know, that's, that's definitely a hurdle. It's kind of along yeah. the whole disruption, changing your business model because the world changes type. hundred percent. But listen, this is, the, this has been amazing. Um, I'd love to keep this conversation going. I think, you know, we're colleagues in the industry um, in the sense that we're all trying to help companies focus on their products and services and get a better customer experience, uh, whether it's sales, customer success and support. And we're all part of that. We also appreciate you fighting the good fight um, mm -hmm. for, for a better customer experience for the last 15 years or 12 years, 11 years, 11, right? Uh, me personally, 16, yeah, 11 16. at BPA and then 30 as a company. So yeah. It's been great. So if any other chief customer support or success officers want to reach out to you, find more information about quality assurance services, or just find more about what you've seen in the market, where can they reach you and how can they, how can they contact you? So they can contact me at my email address at craig.antonucci, C-R-A-I-G dot A-N-T-O-N-U-C-C-I at bpaquality.com. Or just look me up on LinkedIn and connect with me on LinkedIn and I can connect you with whomever makes sense to connect you with yeah and that's how we met and then we met through email and uh -huh. I emailed yep. you so so Absolutely. uh responsive and, and looking to push the, the needle forward i appreciate you taking the time and uh i am happy that you were a guest on the cloud nine podcast likewise and Thanks, uh man. i'm gonna contact you next week so you can be on mine so we could do this I in like, first i like that all I'm right to answer some questions there all right, you man. go talk awesome. soon all right bye-bye